are we are oh. Michelle? We are here. We are queer. Get used to it, because it ain't gonna change. No, it was funny. I was leaving the room and I heard your daughter's with us right now, so we are not going to talk about anything dirty. But um, <laughs> I heard her call you mama. Lola, did you call me mama, Lola? No, yeah. no, she did, didn't. Did I she... heard mama. That's why it was so shocking because I've never, I don't think I've ever heard them call you. And I just assumed they called you Michelle. They're my children. I understand that. Why would they call me my first I name? I do not know. But in my mind. Did you call your mother Ernestine? Yeah, I called my mother. Ma- I said right. mama, mama. Right. So when I heard her say mama, I was kind of shocked. Were you shook? I was shooken. Yeah, <laughs> shooken? Because I just don't, I don't see you as a mother. <laughs> No, that's not true. That's not true. I do see you as a mother. I don't see you as mama. Uh-huh. What, what do you see me as? Michelle. <laughs> I would think that your children would call you Michelle. No, they call... She, Lola's here. She, she doesn't say... She's saying She's saying that now that she calls you she mother. Mostly she mostly doesn't call you mother. She does. She mostly will say mother. She does. Call me mother. Right. Exactly. She does call me mother. Does she call... She does. Lily does. I think that's disrespectful. No, it is not disrespectful. I think it's no. I think it's a. It's. I think it's a separation. I think it's a way. I think it's a put down. It is not. It's not a put down. Do you think it's a put down? She's nodding. No. No. She's nodding. Yes, actually. She is not. She's nodding. No. But she's shaking. No. But she's meaning yes. Lola's different. Lola doesn't like to do what other people do. So and that one's Lola. Yeah, that one's Lola. Hey, do you want to talk on the microphone? You got to speak up. Okay, come here. Get this seat right here. (laughs) I just want to interview you real quick. Oh, come yes. on. I Sit, know. Take that chair. Take that chair. Pull it up to the microphone. Do you mind? This one is low. She doesn't mind. Oh, your hair is She's so pretty. Qu- isn't that gorgeous? Today. It's all hers. Talk into the microphone. Say hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> now, how old are you again? 15. 15? You know what? I was out of my mother's house at 15. Are you looking for apartments? Not really. Not really. How's your? Why does your hair look like that? It's gorgeous. It's that? It sounded like a bad thing when you said, why does it look like that? <laughs> no, no, no. Because it looks like you fell asleep with it, braided, and then undid it. Oh. Yeah, I usually sleep with it in two braids, and then I put it in a bun, and I just The bun wrapped around? Wrapped around, yeah. and it gives it a little bit of a wave. Okay, so when I was leaving- so thick. Is it? Yeah. When I was leaving the room earlier, you said, mama. You said, mama. Do you, you, were you not conscious of it? No, I don't think so. Wait, wait. You don't think you were conscious of it, or you don't think you said that? I don't recall saying that, but I might have. Yeah. Well, okay. There we. There's your answer. Yeah. Because that's what I heard. That's Aww. why it was so shocking to me. Do you ever call her Michelle? No. What do you? So you say mother, and you say what? Mom. She'll say mom. Oh, mom. Yeah. See, yeah, I can. I can. I think I've heard them call you mom. Mom now is that a I lot is when you're it. screaming, like in the house, like mom. Uh huh. Right. Usually when she comes down, she'll go, mother. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, now, Lola, I just want to ask, you know, you live with this woman your whole life. And then, you know, I know she's here. It's hard to talk, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys get along? Uh, <laughs> that's so, so yes an interesting no. question. Yes, we're we're having a time I'll take right that now, as a right, no. Lola? Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. Uh, we're working on it, right, Lola? Yeah. It's yeah. getting better. Are you aware of the fact that you're 15 and that that's when mothers and daughters go into their thing? You're aware yeah. of that? Yeah, I know that she definitely has a big personality and it's very overbearing, I have to say. Yeah, so, that's fair. And our personalities definitely clash sometimes because she always has to be right and so do I, but she actually is always right and uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not, so it's just a lot to take in. Right. Are you ever embarrassed by her? Yeah. 
By what what embarrasses you? When she sings in public and dances. Uh, the Broadway stuff? Everything. We'll be in a store and a song will come on. I'll just start dancing. She literally uh-huh. will be gone like... Psh. Right. Because your fear is that someone you, of your friends might see? No. I just... It's a lot of unwanted attention. attention yeah. yeah. By who? Just onlookers. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so are you afraid of what those onlookers... Uh, did I say onlookers? You did. Are you afraid of what those onlookers are going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Just between you and me, that's what fifteen is. Yes. Do you know? Do you? Are you? I mean, you know, intellectually, you know what we're talking about, yeah. right? There's that period where. Yeah, it's just everyone's just aware of everyone around them and is super self conscious and just thinks everyone is looking at them and judging them, and that's not obviously the truth, but it's just a. You know, a mental state. Oh my God, she's a smart girl, Michelle. She's very smart. Very smart. And very in tuned uh, with her being. She's, I love that. She's a very good kid. I'm very proud of this one. And so, why are you with your mother today? Uh, <laughs> we came from a therapy appointment, family therapy. Oh, all all four of you? Three. Well, not Lily. This is a Lola day today. Yeah. David, myself, and Lola, because Lola's struggling a little bit right now. This one's Lola. Yeah, Lily's outside of her deal now and Lola's mm-hmm. kind of struggling a bit so today was a needed day don't you think it went well yeah yeah did you have a breakthrough I think yeah. so you're nodding yes yes m- maybe yeah I think that's fair to yeah. say maybe we hope and is it the fact that there is a, a a a moderator an outside voice there who can who who doesn't pick sides is that why do you think the breakthrough happened today my family doesn't really meet up a lot, like all three of us. I don't really like to talk through my emotions with my family. It's more of my issue than it is their problem because they're there to listen to me. They're always there. I can always talk to them, but it's a matter of me choosing not to. So I guess just forcing us to all be there really helped just calm the emotions, I guess. Right, right. Do you like the therapist? Yeah, I love her. Is it? Oh, it's a woman. Mm. Yeah, Is she a biological woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, are you sure? I think yeah. So. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, um, so you know, I can't even imagine. It was such an awkward time. I can't imagine talking to my folks. And what happened? I was fifteen when I left my mother's house, and I moved in with my sister, who is just seven years older than me. So I kind of got a fresh start, you know. And a lot of the frustration I had at fifteen. Uh, I was allowed. I was, I was allowed to go outside of my neighborhood to work it out. You know? Did you deal with uh, because you were a boy, so it was a little different. Even though you're a gay boy, you were still a boy. Was it? Uh, did you have to deal with? Did you ever have self-image issues when you were younger? Um, yeah, well, yes, definitely. When I uh, when I was twelve, I I was very I got very tall very fast mm. at twelve, and that changed everything. And then I started having feelings between me down there, right? And right, you know, so that the, the puberty happened, mm-hmm. and so I, I felt awkward then, but not the kind of awkward that girls feel yeah, because it's different because in our culture, girls are are then sort of on this conveyor belt pushed into the the concept of are you sexy or what your worth is, what your value is, not necessarily just from uh, boys, but mainly from other girls. Or yourself, because you can't get away 
from yourself. Right. That's the hardest burden to deal with, I find, is the burden we put on ourselves. Right. So that's that's definitely the hard stuff. But I find girls start going into it younger now, but usually around 12. Oh, yeah. No, that's about the time. And they get out of it around 16 and a half. If they ever get out of it. If they're lucky enough. Are you talking about puberty? No, just oh, the okay. just the self-consciousness yeah. and that awkward feeling of, because your body hasn't landed at the place it's going to land. It's transitioning, really, right. for lack of a better word. And, and and that's exactly what's happening. And it feels odd because the hormones are racing. Certain ones are being canceled out and other ones are emerging. And your brain is going, wait a minute. The signals, the things that signal your brain are going, wait, well, uh, but I'm just a child. Yeah. And it's like, no. Uh, uh, uh. And then society and the magazines and all that, uh, the Instagram and all that is saying, well, you should be this. You should be doing that. It's like, um, no. I don't feel that. Imagine going through all of that and then having to deal with Instagram and Snapchat. I cannot. I could barely get through it with just a magazine and a television. Yeah. But now on top of that, there are these unrealistic things that are considered sexy today that are man-made. Yeah. Man-made bodies, man-made faces, Mm -hmm. man-made hair. Airbrush to filth. Uh Uh-huh. Every filter in the world. And that- is the pinnacle of perfection. I know, I know. You know, mindfuckery that is? I certainly do. Listen, you know, I, 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 a lot of people don't get the fact that the drag thing is really a, a social comment, Terry, on su- the superficiality of our world. You know, people see see me and, you know, and I, I you know, I, I look pretty, real pretty. Right. But they don't get the irony attached to it. Because what I'm doing is I'm saying, uh, yeah, um, I'm now the ideal of what femininity is. But uh, yeah, I'm a man, right. and which which is the statement is this is all fake. Right. Everything is fake. It's fake for a woman to look this way. Right. It's fake for a man to look this way. The whole concept of image is it's an illusion. It's an illusion. You know, you know, I I fell asleep. I'm staying in a hotel now because of blah blah blah. But I fell asleep with the television on, and in the middle of the night, I woke up. And I look at the television and there's Nicole Kidman saying she's got, she's the spokesperson for something. And she's saying, yes, and beauty is that something. And I'm in the, in that split second that I see her, I see that every square inch of her skin on the commercial has been touched by an angel. Yep. I'm talking, it was retouched. And I'm, I'm a, I listen, I know. Retouch, yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Of course you do. But in the split <laughs> second, I'm in, in a half sleep sense. And my, I look at TV. My first thought is, oh my God, they have airbrushed the F out of this woman. Goldie Hawn and Snatched. You know, listen, listen, (laughs) listen, Goldie Hawn and Snatched, it looks like a a, a, A painting. No, it looks raw compared to what I saw Nicole Kidman. Oh, seriously. Oh my goodness. But people believe, the want to believe the fantasy more than they will believe the truth. Yeah. And I, I think it's the fact that they don't even suggest that it is Photoshop. They won't say, oh, yeah, like this is a Photoshopped commercial. They just try to play it off as if that's what they look like. And that's unrealistic. And the fact that you're presenting that to like young teens who are so impressionable and their minds are so willing to think that, oh, that's how I should look when I'm older. And it's obviously not true. Yeah. And on some level, the teens, everyone knows it's not. But the, the, the fascinating thing is how the human brain would rather believe the fantasy over the reality reality. or prefer they prefer it i was talking 
about this with somebody where we were talking about how uh, we doctor our photos before we put them up. Yes, and I'm guilty of it too. I try, <laughs> believe it or not, to do the minimal amount. I don't face tune my hands or do mm-hmm. things like that. I do will face tune out my pores on my nose mm-hmm. and, you know, a little. I do a little. I try to leave the lines on my head. I try mm-hmm. to keep it somewhat real because there is a sense of, yes, I'm going to give you an illusion, but I'm not going to give you an altered reality. Mm-hmm. I try not to unless I say, Hashtag every filter in the world. Mm-hmm. Hashtag nowhere close to reality. Uh-huh. Because I feel like I do have a some sort of a conscious, uh, I don't know what the position is mm-hmm. with raising two teenage daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, looking at pictures, if I look like I have double chin in one and I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick a prettier one to put sure. up. Sure, yeah. Because we still have to feel good yeah, about ourselves. Pay, like picking a different photo where you don't have a double chin or you look better is different from photoshopping your entire face, making it seem as if you're perfect and yeah. making like presenting the photo that way, making it be like no filter right. when right. obvious, you know, like yeah. you definitely use Facetune on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's just, I just think that the evolution of mankind or humankind on this planet, we haven't gotten to the place where we're willing to really uh, talk about those, that, that, part of our brain you know the the subconscious is actually more powerful than the conscious mind and so marketers people who do advertising they know that people buy things from their subconscious mind which is really running the show which is why you saw that in the middle of the night and your brain automatically went oh, and then right back to sleep yeah but when that's the thing is that i that's your subconscious i always started with the premise that First, first, let's just start with none of this world is real. Right. That's how that's how punk rock I roll. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. That how was, old were you when you came to that realization? I, it, I never didn't. I never did not have that realization. I always felt like I was on the operating table and the anesthesia didn't work. It's like, um, ma'am, the emperor is not wearing any clothes. Does anybody else see this? Right. I always, always. felt like, always. Even so I never bought it. I that's bought why it. the Matrix hit you so strongly. Yes. And have you ever seen the Matrix? Did you I, watch that with I me? I watched the beginning of it and I just it's, I think it's important for you to watch The Matrix. Well, I wonder if she could get it at this point. She's 15. brilliant. She, you She's could brilliant. get it at 15. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning about matrices right now in school. So what? She, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She's very smart. Matrices? Yeah, matrix, but uh-huh. yeah. I never heard that word matrix. That's the plural for matrix? Yeah. What is it? Matrices? Is, yeah. Or matrixes? Matrices. Matrices. Huh. I didn't know a matrix was a real thing. Oh, well, I thought it was just the name of a movie. Okay. Well, well, no. I mean, isn't a matrix sort of like a a a a a, a, a puzzle, like sort of a um, what are those? You know, when you mean a, like like a, a like a maze or a a program that is sort of like a puzzle. Is that what a matrix is? is that, um. I don't know the exact definition of a matrix, but right now it's you have to solve like a system of equations to get a select group of numbers that's in the matrix. So it is uh-huh, kind of a puzzle. Uh-huh. It is. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's like a puzzle. Okay. Yeah. And that, you know. But it's also a really good movie. Yeah. And it's a, oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I know. And I think, but you saying that Keanu, about. Keanu, yes, yes. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, okay. yeah. But you saying that about the anesthesia moment mm-hmm. is very much about yes. being in the matrix versus not. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think that's why Wizard of Oz resonates so well with me because it speaks to this this dual this this dual reality that we all live in, and I always felt there was a dual reality. There was there was the airbrushed version of our lives, and then there was the one that I could see straight through and go, um, "Madam, she that's those are not her eyelashes. I know you're selling mascara, but she's wearing false eyelashes." Lola does that all the time. The thing is, you don't give yourself credit, little one, about 
you see through everybody immediately. You know what they're about. You have that same gift that Rue had. It's, and a, it's a blessing and a curse, by the way. Yes, because it also puts you going, I know what you're about. I don't want to be around you. It, especially when everyone's sort of forcing you to to agree with the lie. I think the first one we all um, get is the Santa Claus one. And then we're, we're very upset. <laughs> we're very upset by the Santa Claus she one. She was very upset. I was like 12. It happened way too late, I think. I think she missed the period where it was socially acceptable to tell your child right. Santa Claus wasn't real. Because I wanted to live, to even to this day, what do I say every year? You have to believe to receive. Yes! I love that. Yes! So obviously we know, even on Easter, listen, we've given them the opportunity now that the cat's out of the bag. When they lost their tooth, we used to to have tooth fairies leave letters along with money. She mixed up the Okay, I mixed up the fairies sometimes, and I spelled the names wrong. Uh But you always went for the ride. And we had house fairies. David would stay up in the middle of the night, write tiny little notes, and put out tiny little spoons with jam for the house fairies every night. Yeah, no, this is what we did. Oh, my God. Because they would run out in the morning to see what the fairies did. And even on Easter, I asked them last year, do you want eggs? I mean, can we just give you your baskets? And they're like, please hide the eggs. Uh So there is an element that keeps them... In that joy. We know it's not real. Well. Yeah. Well, now we yeah, do. No, we now do, we but, do. But listen, there is value. Uh, listen, I've said this before. The story of Santa Claus is a simplistic way to teach young people about karma. If you do good things, good things will come to you. That's, that's the thing. And the same is true with, with the, the fairies and, and some of these storylines that we have carried on in our culture are there there is a reason for them even all the stories in the bible you don't have to take them literally you have to figure out what the figurative meaning behind them is and and i guess the nicole kidman uh commercial i think it's for neutrogena i can't say that word yeah close i because i I went to high school with a girl named neutrogena and it it mixes me up all the time and so um uh you know i guess the metaphoric idea is that if you believe, you will receive yes. airbrush skin. Yes. Because the- I believe that Neutrogena <laughs> works on my pores. And I'm going to look like a 50-year-old Nicole Kidman uh-huh. after I use my Neutrogena. Yeah, but only if you have your retouch artist walk around with you at all times. Well, that's different. You that's know. different. I'm still believing, but I am not receiving. Although, you know, you and I, we sat uh, a few feet away from her and her skin was pretty I mean, good. She's gorgeous. It was really good. Yeah. Not uh, yeah, but uh, and she's also five eleven, and the in my nobody ever gives her credit for this. Her body, yeah, is outrageous. It's outrageous. You all talk about other people in the Halle Berry, honey. Yeah, don't blink on right. Nicole Kidman's body. It's true. It's, it's true. insane. It was true. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Michelle, let's take a quick break. You know, Blue Apron is a better way to cook, and Michelle Visage, you just love it. You, I, I think if you had another baby. You'd probably name it Blue Apron. Oh, my God. Blue yeah. Ivory's cousin. Oh, my God. That's so good. Such great food. You know, people are tired of going to the grocery store, tired of driving to the grocery store, tired of fighting all the people at the grocery store. What do I buy? What do I cook? Oh, that line that there's that line over there. No matter where I go to the grocery store, the line is going to be the longest yeah, one. Not only that, they're sitting there and having to write down what they need for their recipes. Yeah. yeah. Not with Blue Apron. It gets delivered to your door in a box. The ingredients are already pre-measured. What you need is a pan, some oil, your oil of choice, salt, 
pepper, everything else is in there. I couldn't live without it. And I tell you what, my husband couldn't live without mm. it because when I'm gone, he does the cooking. He becomes the chef and he can't even make scrambled eggs right. Mm. But with Blue Apron, everything comes out delicious. They deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients. And that, for me, is the most incredible part. You don't mm. have to worry about your cups and your measuring spoons and all that. They have fresh... Um, ingredients, like I said, step-by-step recipes right to your door. It can be cooked in under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week. What I love is to, most of the time, I'm not going to lie, they do have a great app, but I do it all on my computer. Uh And I set it up weeks out Uh and I'll sit there with my kids and I'll say, you choose what you want. And then they pick what we want, they want us to make. It couldn't be easier. So easy, family friendly. A lot of times they pick uh, the like the pizzas mm-hmm. or the burgers and they do the Bob's Burgers and MasterChef. They team up with them. Um, I read that Whole30 is coming back. So there's a lot of good stuff for people that like fresh food, fresh ingredients delivered right to your door. Get $30 off your first order by going to blueapron.com slash Roo. That's blueapron.com slash RU. Get $30 off your first order, you guys. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I could not live without my therapist. I've learned so much about myself, about how to navigate this life. I just wish everybody on the planet could have the opportunity to see a therapist. It's not just for people when you have a problem. It's just for someone to talk to whenever you want. And now with Talkspace Rue, they can. Get out. I swear to you because it's an online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is that computer with the internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. That means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past because that is the biggest Number one excuse, yeah. I have no time to fit it in or I can't afford it or you know, I don't know even know where to start or yeah. a big one, I live in a small town and they don't have therapists yes. anywhere. Yes, yes. Don't have to worry about it. Talkspace therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. You can get something off your chest whenever you need to, like Rue said. You could talk about everyday challenges at work or at home, even just chat about life if you're thinking nobody understands what I'm going through. There's no extra commutes. There's no leaving the office, no judgments. And remember that therapy isn't just about doing all that deep stuff. You don't have to. You can just be like, I'm stressed out. Yeah. I need to talk to you. Please, this is the way to do it. Practical, everyday things. Now, the Talkspace platform, listen to this, is over two thousand licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges that we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash Rue. Use the offer code RU to get $30 off your first month. You guys, you do not have to go it alone. There is somebody out there for you to talk to. Talkspace.com slash Rue. $30 off your first month. Use that offer code RU. Hello, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, Ruth. I see you brought a special guest with She's you today. My most special guest is she. Yeah. yeah, but you have other special guests at home. How do they feel about that? Well, at, in here in the moment. Oh, I mean, in this moment, we talked to my other special guest. What you guys are listening to, Lily is Yay! here. Wait, oh. Lily is a person who climbed out of Michelle Visage's vagina. Well, somewhat. I cut her out of my uterus. Oh, you cut her out of your uterus. Yeah. And what was? Do you remember the first thing you said once you climbed up out of there? <laughs> Lily. I want to back up that you brought Lola on this podcast before me. Uh, she came here before she you She just do. happened to be here. She rolled up in here. Yeah. And, uh, it wasn't you know. I was not in- invited until like last no. of the week. I was like, it's about time. No, you have been invited. You, But you've, <laughs> you've been in this room before. 
I don't. And we've spoken with you before. I don't think I have. It was a different place. Yeah, yeah, place. Well, like this, yeah, this, you've yeah. been here when we've done it. Yeah, and you've gotten on the microphone. You've you've spewed out a few. Six. I don't remember anything past last week. Okay, well that's fair enough. I don't either. I don't uh. either. So Lily, here you are on the podcast. Is it feel weird talking like this with your mother in the room? Just talking, just being yourself with your mother in the room. I mean, I'm always, I like to think that I'm always myself when my mom's in the room. So yeah. not well, you know, if someone would ask me that question, I would be more inhibited with my parents in the room. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, are there are there versions of Lily that your mother has not seen? I mean, the, the vers- different versions of me aren't like super different. Like, I feel like everybody has, like, this is the Lily that I show to my mom and dad. This is the Lily that I get really manic with when I'm with my friends. Like, I, my, you know, mom, like, I go crazy when I'm with my friends sometimes. I just, like, get that friend energy. Yeah. I've, (laughs) over the years, I've, like, shifted from being introverted to extroverted. So now when I'm with my friends, I'm like, ah, really hyper and excited. Which can freak some of them out. And we've had to have the talk of. They're meant to be freaked out. How old are you now? I'm 18. 18 years old. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I remember when you were born. I remember being 18. Can't, couldn't nobody tell me nothing when I was 18. <laughs> not, and I felt I was grown. I was, I thought I was I was not grown in, I'm, I'm in not hindsight. Grown. I'm like 12. Really? <laughs> yeah. When's your birthday? March 17th. March 17th. So your Taurus, no, wait. That's Pisces. Oh, Pisces. (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's right. Both of my girls are Pisces and Arlene was a Pisces. Yes. All that fish energy. And I remember you as a kid, you were, you cried a lot. (laughs) I still cry a lot. You still cry a lot. Yeah. What do you think that's- I mean, not as much anymore. Yeah. We got pills for that. What (laughs) (laughs) What pills are you on? Uh, Prozac. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're still doing that? That's old school. Yeah, I mean, it works. It so. does work, yeah. I would think that whoever makes Prozac would have come up with something. Oh, here's the new improved version. Oh, I'm I mean, sure they have. Probably. Yeah. 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 But that is old school. I think there's the first uh, antidepressant. Is that what it is? Yeah, something that, like that. That m- all of a, the people, America, everybody knew that name. It's mm-hmm. the generic name yeah. for everything. Because before, wasn't it li- people were on lithium or something? And lithium oh, still God. exists. Still exists. And Xanax still exists. Right, right. But those are for more uh, different cases and I think for bipolar and she's been tested for all that when we were going through it but we started with something that her psychiatrist on top of her psychologist Mm -hmm. we all worked together and came up with that and shot a very low dose but it's what she went a little bit higher and it vegged her out mm. to the point where like mouth was open, mm. and then she tried. Um, that sounds really sexy. We, we like yeah. <laughs> not in a good way. Yeah, Adderall or Ritalin. Which one was it? Oh, when I took Adderall that one time. Because she does, she has ADHD on top of it. Oh God! Mm-hmm. And she took Ritalin or Adderall for one day. The, ther- the psychiatrist was like, "Okay, here's his pills for Adderall." I was like, "Doc, maybe I'm ADD," and she's like, "All right, well, try the pills. Take a quarter." And I was like, "Take the whole pill, you say?" Mm. All right. She didn't listen. And I went to school, and apparently, one of the teachers said that I stood on a desk I don't remember that she was tweaking Uh and the school (laughs) called and we had to come pick her up it sounds like an after school special it's 100% Scott Bayo should have been in it Lily do you know what an after school special is nope yeah I'm 12 yeah (laughs) Um, 
No, in my day, there would be these t- TV movies that um, uh, would play for young adults, for, for people who are 14, 13, yep. to teach them. They were sort of morality tales to teach them about the dangers of alcohol, the dangers of drugs, the dangers of kid touching. Kid touching. Like that one, like the Pee Wee Herman, the video where he's like, this is your brain on crack. And it's like an yes, egg the, Yeah, well, that's a PSA. It's like a full length movie. Yes, yes. The PSA is a public service right. announcement. And then for the, for the after school specials, they would do these socially conscious movies to teach young people about the dangers of things in society. Things in society. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that. they w- would come on once a month. Or yeah, there were the hitchhiking ones. Remember yep. uh, Portrait of a Teenage Hitchhiker, yep. Portraits of a Teenage Alcoholic. And then there's the, the one that Ted Danson did where he was like the the molesting stepfather and she then oh. became anorexic. Oh. So there's that one. Something yeah. about Amelia or something was called like that. Yeah. So they had all these things that they would do after school. Yeah. And they, they stuck with us. They stuck with us, yeah, because they were so kind of absurd, yeah. wasn't it? Absurd, but engaging. But, but engaging, but kind of fabulous. Yes. Because um, Linda Blair, and sometimes they were on at night, but Linda Blair was in what? Hey, producer Alex. Linda Blair was in, she was in... T- um, Teenage alcoholic portrait of a teenage alcoholic. Yes. What was the first name? Was Amber? there a name like Alice, Peter, Alice? One of them, or Amber, or somebody like that. Yes, Janet. And then there was the boy in the plastic bubble. Yes, that was a nighttime movie, but right. there was no morality tale. Well, the morality there. is sick kids are kids too. <laughs> Sometimes you live in a bubble. Sarah T. Sarah T. Portrait, portrait of, of a, a teenage, teenage alcoholic. alcoholic. Yes. Have you had any alcohol, um, Lily? It's like the FBI listening or something. It's just like no, an it's interrogation. Just, it's just us, no, I, I, I haven't. And you I haven't. No, I've talked to. What's I, wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> let me <laughs> tell you something <laughs> about her. Okay, all right. I was just telling them. In the See, office. that's what I'm talking about. Your mother in the room. It's hard to talk. I mean, you're thinking, I genuinely haven't though. Like, I, I, yeah. I tell her a lot, she which is probably not the best. <laughs> everything, honestly. But, Lola's but different. Doesn't everybody's mother say that? No, I really think we've talked about some heavy shit. We've mm. talked about a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, and I think she knows she can be fully open. I'm not going to judge her. But I'm, she, I am. I, I want to go to college and like go through a teenage rebellion phase. Not like yeah. rebellion, but be like. Ha, Mom, I'm gonna smoke weed and I won't tell you. Yeah. Like that's my rebellion. If that's what Atta you girl. do. <laughs> girl. What, were, what were we gonna say about? I was just gonna say this kid. You know, she's 18. She's never tried juice. She's never tried soda. She's never tried candy in her life. The only thing she's ever drank in her life has been water and back in the day milk. She doesn't even drink milk huh. anymore. So. I'm not really worried about her becoming the teenage alcoholic because mm. she doesn't even like the taste of anything. But it's, not, sweet. it's more than the taste. Um, alcoholism has to do with trying to relieve. It's, it's alcoholism is a symptom of a bigger problem. Right. So for you know, in my case, it was I didn't know how to process a lot of my feelings. So the next best thing was let's get fucked up. But not What's the best that? with antidepressants either. <laughs> they don't go hand in hand. No, but you know, I'd like to try. <laughs> not anymore, you. <laughs> No, I wouldn't try anymore. And more. you're not going to try. No, just because I, I read all these horror stories online. It's like, <laughs> man, me and my Prozac, we went out and got drunk last night and woke up in a ditch the next day. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. But you know, the rational right. mind has nothing to do with those choices that people make when they're deciding to, uh, you know, drink booze and be on Prozac at the same time right. or get a dozen gerbils and stick them up their butt and decide Dude, I'm going to go do. do the free fall at Magic Mountain. No, she would do the free I would, fall. I'd do Magic the Mountain. gerbils also. Yeah. Well, then here's the thing though. You know, um, uh, I, it, th- th- it's interesting because the rational mind a lot of times 
is not present when those decisions are making. I was uh, waiting for the light to change this morning, about to make a left turn onto Santa Monica Boulevard from from, uh, Sweetser, and this guy was making a left turn from Santa Monica Boulevard onto Sweetser, and I'm watching him. He's making, he's turning his car, but he's looking at his phone. She's picking up her phone right now. Because I, I had a thought in my mind. A thought. A thought. You had a thought. Because uh-huh. you were, it, it seems like you were like leading to like intrusive thoughts. I don't, almost, I mean, you didn't finish your story, but I was thinking no, about that intrusive was the story. Thoughts. It was the idea that the rational mind I- isn't present when a person makes certain decisions. Like, oh, I'm going to do Adderall. I'm going to have a, I think mm-hmm. I'll have a gallon of vodka. It, it, because what happened... So this guy's making this left turn, and he's looking at his phone making a left. How can you turn and look at your phone? And at a the left same of way? all turns. And, and you don't know what, what's, as it's turning, you don't know what you're going to be facing once you finish the turn. Right. It's like, what are you thinking, sir? Right. So anyway, my point with all of this is that <laughs> you're going to college. You know, your mom says she doesn't like to drink. She doesn't, She drinks water and she drinks milk. Yeah, I don't think she'll drink. Yeah, but that's rational thinking, what yeah. you're doing. It is, if she's going to try it, she's going to try it. I talk to her about it. Yeah. She knows all the dangers of drinking a Prozac, and she also knows what what it is, but she's never done it. If she's going to do it, that's on her. Yeah. She's talked to me about wanting to get high. Uh-huh. Um, so did her sister. You never got high, Michelle. <laughs> I've gotten high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've you, smoked weed in my you life. You smoked weed. Yeah. Like, don't like it. Twice. Like five times. Yeah. So weird. And you. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I told you. Were you a boozer? I know. A user? No. And a scoozer? The loser I was. Uh-huh. But not a scoozer. Uh-huh. Um, I don't like alcohol because I'm the girl who didn't know she's drunk until she vomited. Okay. Yeah. So that, it didn't work for me. And yeah. I told you the only thing I drank had a sugar content of 75,000. Sure. Yeah. Kahlua and cream. A banana daiquiri. Correct. Uh-huh. Anything. Black Sambuca. Oh, what did you call That's me? That's not the best drag name ever. <laughs> Why is I don't know what's wrong people? with people. They're making left turns looking at their phones, Michelle. Thank you, God damn you know, it. They don't know what they're doing. Um, Why is there no black Sambuca drag you. queen? Yeah, yeah. So I've gotten high, but I realized as somebody who battled eating disorders and body dysmorphia, all I want to do when I got high was eat mm-hmm. nonstop. And so that didn't work yeah, for me. Right. And plus, I didn't like not being in control. I told you this story. Yeah. So for me, it didn't work. She's yeah. going to try it. I can't yeah. stop her. Yeah. And she should try it. What's cool? You do you, you not want to tell so people don't know to look at you, look I've for you it. in your... We've, Read I guess, college. Yeah. Yes. Follow me on Instagram at LaDirty, my social security <laughs> number. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Well, you know, I went to Reed College last year. Some, was it a year ago? Yes, it was a year ago. Was it a year ago? Yeah. You spoke there. I think it was less than a year ago. No, it was a year ago because it was right after I did, right before I did Stanford. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it was lovely up there. I liked it. Although, you know, uh, Seattle and Portland has a reputation for being depressing because mm-hmm. of the weather. Have you thought about that? Uh, a little bit, but I, it doesn't bother me super much because I really like the rain and stuff. I like the rain. I like oh. the rain. But th- this, is, this is what I was talking about with this rational thinking is that yeah. there is a secret self that has a lot of control uh, over decisions that you make. I mean, you, everybody goes into things with great intentions, good intentions, not so good intentions, just intentions in general. Right. But there's another force, there's another consciousness, a lower vibration that is also at work, you know. And I was started this conversation talking about when you, when you were a baby, you cried a lot. <laughs> in hindsight, what do you think? What is that about? What do you, knowing yourself, you've been through therapy. You've had a you've had a a, a, a psychiatrist, a psychoanalysis, a proctologist, and a gynecologist. <laughs> In hindsight, what do you think? Being because as a little baby, you cried a lot. Mm. What do you think that's about? 
that, that's a very loaded question. It's not I, that loaded, but it's like it's deep. It's deep. Uh, you don't have to know. You don't have to know the answer. Right. You know. Uh, you know. My my father said, "Rue, you were such a good little boy. You wouldn't cry. You would sit in that corner. You wouldn't do a thing." And I initially thought, "Oh, that's great." And then as I got older, I thought, wait a minute, that's not so good because I should have spoken up. I didn't speak up enough. My sister, Rosie, was just, <laughs> you know, I would sit in the corner. I wouldn't say anything. I would just do what they told You know what I mean? Hmm. So I'm just trying to get some insight into what you know about yourself at 18 years. And you don't have to know. Right. I'm just trying to, I'm wondering, do you remember, do you remember crying back then? What was your first memory as a, as a kid? Oh, uh, I feel like one of my earliest, mem- like I, I barely remember anything. Like I said earlier, I just my memory is pretty bad. Um, I think one of my earliest memories is from second grade, so that's not super early. But it was eight years old. Yeah, it was the time that I peed my pants in class because my teacher wouldn't let me use the bathroom. That, that's that's it. Did you so, pee like, <laughs> her car after school? No, <laughs> no. I was raising my hand for like ten minutes, and I would like there's a, like a bathroom symbol. Yeah. You like twist your fingers or whatever yeah. and i was like teacher i got it gotta pee yeah. and she was like no yeah. and it, it was like the bathroom is just in the classroom were you in oh. your back brace at this time yeah, too? yeah. yeah. i think so and oh, i just so fully could have walked across the room and gone to the bathroom and just be like teacher screw you but i like i just sat there and peed my pants why do you think you didn't <laughs> why didn't you say why didn't you say you know what you know what i'm gonna do my thing y'all. i don't know because like the me now would have done that yeah so i don't know when did you change? Guess growing up in florida does that to you <laughs> well <laughs> when did you change when do you think you decided i'm gonna do my own thing now because obviously at that age you should have just said you know what right. i'm gonna get in trouble but i'm gonna go to the bathroom right uh California. That was when I started middle school, really, because we did half a year in Florida for middle school. But that was so gross. sixth grade. Yeah. What you, sixth grade? You decided. You know, I'm my own woman. I guess so. Everything when I became really edgy and really into anime, I guess, and weird is when everything sort of fell more into place of what the person I am or what I was meant to be or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, why do you think you're you're okay with your mother and because? <laughs> Listen, mothers and daughters have this wild relationship. You know, it goes in and out of they like each other, then they're jealous of one another, and then they resent one another, and then there's, it, it's ever-changing, mothers and daughters. Um, why do you think you're still able to be in a room with your mother at 18 and uh, speak candidly about yourself? I, it was just the way that she raised me, I guess. Like, I don't know. There are some days where, like, yesterday, I was packing for college. In two seconds, I was like, Mom, come in and help me. Then she was there for two minutes. I was like, okay, get out. Mm. So, like. What did she do? Nothing. I stood there. She and I was <laughs> like, can I help? Tell me what you want me to do. You and called me up. Like, and she I was like, uh, I saw her going into one of that mm-hmm. those pit places of anxiety. And I know at mm-hmm. that point, I was like, do you want me to leave? And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, kind of. And I was mm-hmm. like, you asked me to come in here. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. I know. But she's much better with telling me now. And whereas three years ago, when she was in her really darkest time, she would be bashing her head against the wall, Dark like ages. physically. You mean pe- pe- preparing to pack for something? Uh, d- in, like or just general. any of that? Yeah. She'd call me and I need you. I need you. I'd run in because these were some scary times, as you know. Um, I didn't know what I was walking into, and she didn't know how to vocalize it. She wasn't on meds yet either, and she was in therapy for years she'd gone i started her in therapy when she got a back brace at the age of eight mm-hmm. or seven whenever that was and we started her in therapy because this is a kid who's about to change her life wearing a back brace 20 hours out of 24 hours in a day mm. and you could see it and she felt already like a misfit and 
then she had to try to cover it and close and I had to say is that like, the reason why or is that the co-sleeping thing that you brought me to her no no it was the back brace. I always thought it was like get this child out of my bed no please. we mm-hmm. co-slept until she was 12 too I never heard that term co-sleeping co-sleeping was created by Dr. Spock I believe back <laughs> in the 50s or you 60s. sure it wasn't Uhura <laughs> it was not Uhuru. Uhura. <laughs> wait, wait, can I do the joke? Don't do the joke. It, people will be offended by okay. the joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll do it off the mic. Yeah, we'll do it off the mic. So anyway, we started therapy at a very young age, and she got on really well with our therapist, who was a lovely How'd you find woman. a therapist? Um, through a friend of mine who, who grew up with this woman in her family. Now, the woman must have been in her late 60s, oh, yeah. even yeah. then. This is in Florida. In Florida. She was like a grandmother to Lily. Um and she was incredible. And Lily had such a bond with her. And then when we moved to California, it was like, what are we going to do now? Mm. We went into how many therapists before like we found? Like three or four. Until here we, in California. Yeah. yeah. We, first, we, we started off, you weren't here. And dad took me like a, a sports therapist. It was very weird because I was having other issues. But she was like, oh, she so had what about sports this? anxiety. Don't yeah. forget she was a highly trained like junior olympic athlete mm-hmm. trained six days a week like a full-on athlete ate like an athlete trained like an athlete every day was at the track and field she was a hurdler so on top of wearing a back brace 20 hours a day mm. she was training like an athlete and then at 13 and she was like the top of her game she started to realize oh, people are watching me mm, mm. and she, the comp the pressure from the competition was starting to get too much and she was really st- and then i think it was like when you add just the generalized anxiety I was about that to say, was going on in life. my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the age of 13, yeah. which is the hardest age for a so girl. So you Yikes. wore the back brace from what age to what age? Seven to 16? 16-ish. Mm-hmm. Oh and it just, we just like trailed off. Sweet gherkins. Yeah. Yeah, that's the developmental period where you are starting to say, I'm a woman, I'm mm-hmm. a woman, mama, and boys and girls, and look at me. And, and so you have this back brace on. <laughs> I uh, just, sorry, I just recently found out um, from one of the popular girls in my school who I'm now like pretty chill with. Who? She told me, sh- should I you name, just drop name. Yeah, You don't have to say yeah, the name. Cool girl named Annabelle, shout mm-hmm. out. Don't mm-hmm. know if she'll ever hear this. Yeah. She was telling me that, um, the other day, back we were in school, because now I'm graduating. Theater Annabelle? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, she was like, cause she was a popular girl in middle school, and she was telling me about how um, <laughs> in middle school, because I had the back brace, people spread rumors that I wore a diaper. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. No way. That's really sexy. Thank you. Interesting. Um, and so she spread that rumor? No, she just said she'd heard it. Maybe she did, and she was like, trying to make yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, Maybe. Yeah, she was doing a, a, a um, what they cleansing. Call it? A cleansing, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So now what effect did that have on it? I mean, I, there's the obvious effect of if low self-esteem, if everybody's thinking, look at that freak with the back. I mean, on. I didn't know until senior year high school. <laughs> you didn't know that people thought of it as oh, freaky? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Huh. I was. She was really comfortable I wasn't like, that. I was in middle school. I feel like. I was never the type of kid to just be like self-aware. Well, hold on, I'm not phrasing it right. I was very self-aware, but I, I don't know how to phrase it because nobody ever made fun of me. To I your guess. face, to and my face, I didn't really hear it. You, she also dressed up every day. Every day, yeah. she what had you mean dressed up. She went to school full fashion in middle school. She was an emo kid into My Chemical Romance. And we're like and creepers every day. Yeah, Panic at the Disco. What she are creepers? Wore, those shoes, those British looking shoes that everybody They're has. Like platform you mean shoes. Doc Martens. Nope, those two. Uh, I'll show uh, you a picture of uh. creepers. But she, um, 
would have the back brace under it, and you really would look at her, and you couldn't see it, but you'd you know just hear something. crunching, <laughs> oh. crunching, and oh, so it's not the back brace of lore that no, we grew up no. with. It's I did they... so much research to come to a company called SpineCore, which is a dynamic back brace that actually not only just keeps the body stiff and staves off progression, but it yeah. could it could actually straighten your spine. Yeah. It's unbelievable with this with this spine core. Spine core. Huh. So do you still have it? You have it in a frame or something? Uh, <laughs> I think I packed it in one of my college maybe I didn't. It's in some box. Yeah. Because so, in case I need it, I'll be like, eh, she can put you it on. You think you might need it? I, if I ever get like my back really hurts or something, I'll creeper. put it on. Why not? Oh, that's a creeper. Yes. If her I back see. hurts her, she can wear it and get some relief. Wait a minute. Okay. So you had scoliosis? <laughs> yes. So once you have scoliosis, you always have scoliosis? Depends. You can get a surgery so that you don't. Right. Or you, get you could rod, yeah. get the back brace. Sometimes it works 100%. Um, more rare, I would guess. My curve is better than it would have been if I hadn't had a brace at all. Like yeah. I still, my back is still weird. I have a tiny rib. That's a thing that I don't like. I have a rib that sticks out. But uh, yeah, so. she's got an S curve that yeah. goes like this. Uh-huh. She's almost at a triple because of her neck. But yeah. um, she wore this back brace for twenty hours for all those years. And so, what would have been oh, you're destined for surgery because she could have gone. She's her curves are in the twenty degrees. Mm. She could have gone into the fifties and sixties where she was like this. Oh if she dear. didn't. So um, now she'll be in the twenties for the rest of her life. The 20 degree. Thing. Yeah, so she's yeah. like 23, 24. So we're saying all this is a, uh, we're just trying to, to pinpoint where <laughs> where this Going. weirdness came from. Is it the back brace? Is it just, is it the cry, the baby who cried? I mean, where did this sort of, because you're an emotional person. Right. You know, and when did you, when did you find out? When did you know you were an emotional person? We knew when you were a baby. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't. Really, I can't think of like a specific time. It's whenever I started becoming self-aware, I guess, because mm. I would say middle school, because I just don't remember anything from elementary school and middle school. Just I only remember because I have like my old journals and diaries and stuff, and I reread them, and I'm like, oh god, Lily, yeah. what were you doing? Yeah. But just just more like how I was writing, not really the stuff I was doing. It was just, middle school is just cringy. For most for people, everybody, for everybody, it is. It's you know, bad. it's uh, it's a, it's a weird. I mean, I, I think even the most, I think even Annabelle or even the most <laughs> popular people, still, it's the growing pains. It's that feeling of who am I? What mm. am I here to do? Yeah. What's you know, what's going on? And it's just like rough because I've never found middle school to now. I haven't found any kind of a real answer for that. But at least in middle school, I had. I guess you pretend to find something or I don't worry about it too much. Yeah. I was just like, all right, I like anime and writing. That's enough to go off of. Plus you had a bunch of friends. You had like a squad. There was a, I just hung with the group of weirdos. And then yeah. you got to high school and you lost all those friends. What do you mean? You, when you went to high school, those friends weren't your friends anymore. You lost a bunch of the girls. Because a lot of, they, 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 I say hi to them. They just go off and do their own thing. Right, you know? but you had a group that was pretty solid is my mm-hmm. point. And then you went into high school and you also realized through your depression that um, not people weren't always what they seemed. Mm. Is that a right way to put it? Like the friends that you thought were your friends weren't always there and weren't really understanding. Think about who you started high school with, Mm -hmm. your track friends, who when you were having meltdowns in track and not only the coaching not understanding, but when you would melt down on a start line and and wouldn't come out of a bathroom, your friends weren't there for you either. Right. But I mean, that's valid with with the... all oh, your friends weren't the best, but I, I'm not. Ooh, sorry, hit the microphone. I'm not the type of person to 
I don't like to blame other people you're not right. a lot no. of things. But you know how many times to this day you've cried to me and said, why do my friends suck? Why can't I have a friend that just says, how are you doing? Right. And I, it's just hard for me because I feel as a person or maybe as a society, I don't want to like, oh, you guys are sending me into like this deep reverie sort of Because we're of trying mind. to help people that oh, are going oh through gosh. the same thing. Um, But I don't, because it, people just don't know what to do when their yeah, friend has no, depression. Like, right. what do you do when your friend's sobbing like somebody stabbed her in the bathroom? It's so what terrifying. Can do? What, That's a great question. What, what, what do, do you think someone could have said to you? If you're in the, there's a track meet, you're in the bathroom, I can't go out there. Is there anything someone could have said to you that would have made you go, oh, right, um, nothing is that important. Let's just get my ass out there and run this race. No. No, there's there nothing just, anyone could have there said. There wasn't. Really? The best thing that somebody could have done for me, I think at the moment would have been like, everything's fine if you don't want to run this race or if you'd never want to run track again, like you don't have to. Because it's, it's, like it's not that important sort of thing. But I feel like every race I was just so scared and that like, I... Sorry that I'm losing my words. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. You're um, fine. No, it's perfect. How many races did you not run because of anxiety? I would, uh, maybe a couple, but not and a lot. The races that I would do where I was still really anxious, I'd just run, but they would suck. Yeah. Which is, in yeah, my opinion, worse than not running suck. at all. She would forget all of her form. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because she was so fucking good. Did the sports therapist help at all? Nope. <laughs> no. No. No, but it, she it, was like, "Here's a book." <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was not good. <laughs> well, because you know, listen, what we're talking about here with Lily, who is, is Michelle's daughter, firstborn, is what it's like to be young and to have uh, a well of emotions that um, sometimes are feel out of control. Now, you've confessed that you or you've taken medication for depression and, you, you know, if you've been to a therapist, you've done other things. We're just thinking, we're just delving here because Michelle and I have both experienced this. Delve away. Delving into <laughs> what could be done if someone's out there listening who has, has a kid your age or who is a kid your age or, mm -hmm. you know, back then, what could be done about that other than um, just grinning and bearing it or just you know, digging your feet in and waiting for the dark cloud to pass. Right. Yeah, and what brought you, we had some really tough times, some tough moments. I remember them like vividly. what brought me through it sort of thing? What, what were you able to, because some kids are not able to or don't have family or don't have friends. Right. What advice can you give those kids to weather that? I guess that's what Rue's saying. What was it in your darkest time that you went, okay, because you had some thoughts that right. you... It's finding a thing, I guess, that you really care about and enjoy. I feel like for a lot of people, music works really well. I was really into, like, My Cam and Panic at the Disco, but music wasn't as big in my life as other things were. Like I said, I was, like, pretty big into anime, and I still enjoy dressing up and all that stuff, cosplaying and whatnot. But I really think it was the stuff that I did online, like with the online roleplay and the friends that I had there, that really got me through everything, and writing in general is what... And these are people you never met. Oh, yeah. So just like finding a thing. But for me, it was that online stuff. Yeah, because I think what you're describing and what I remember about that was there was a, a, just a heaviness. There's like a dark cloud hanging over your head. And over, I, this is my experience. Mm. I don't put words right. in your mouth. But it felt like that. And I felt like the only thing I could do <laughs> back then for me, I would get high. I started getting high when I was 10 years old. 10. Yeah. But um, uh, the only thing I could do is sort of 
wait for the cloud to pass, you know? Mm-hmm. Wait for it. What did Stop. was that <laughs> was that your experience with it? Uh it's so long ago that I almost don't But it's well, only not that long. I, I know, I know, I know. Take it from a parent who yeah. just lived through it. It is what, two years ago since you've been on medication? Yeah, it just feels like a different person though it feels so far because you are a different person you've grown so much but even in the throes let's use hamilton for an example why that was so i'm I'm sorry goodness i know but why it was so important to you i don't even know why it was so important but there was something the broadway show not kidding Uh this is what you know one of the things what a lot of like these i I use like emo edgy kids as like a a, an all-encompassing term for for some reason because that's just like the type of kid i don't even what, what am I saying? Usually, if you're a depressed, young, weird teenager like me, you f- somehow find your way onto the internet, specifically Tumblr, and you find all these things. You find Hamilton. And it's just like they resonate so much with kids who are, I guess, looking for something to invest themselves in. Mm-hmm. So it's, you look for a distraction. Yeah. Because you were involved Simply, yeah. with, with uh, track and field. Mm-hmm. And but was that not enough? The track and field, and you're also oh no, it was like a, to eventually theater, music theater at school. Yeah, not at that point in time <clears throat> though. I didn't, so, I didn't have that then. So right now, I'm getting uh, just distract yourself mm-hmm. until the storm clouds pass. Right. right. And do you see yourself ever getting off of the Prozac? Um, that was something that I've been talking about. My mom's crossing her fingers. I'm so. <laughs> um, for me, it's not the worst thing in the world in my mind. If I have to go my whole life on Prozac, my mom might disagree. But if if I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if it's keeping you alive. Exactly. If that's what it takes. But you won't know. I was on Effexor for a year the first time. Did you take it orally? Uh, anally. Uh-huh. And then I weaned. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> I had to go back on it again a few years later for six months just to re- get my brain going. How old were you when you were on Effexor? Uh, first time around, I was in New Jersey. So I must have been, it was before I was 40. So it was in my 30s. Um, 33. 536 maybe? You, so this is the antidepressant? It's an anti-anxiety. So uh-huh. depression wasn't my issue. Uh-huh. Anxiety is. Yeah. Um, and then it worked. My cousin who's an internist said, don't be on this forever. Yeah. Went on, went off. And then um, I, I needed it again a few years later when the panic attacks came back. Yeah. Um, and I haven't been on it now for eight years. So so Lily, you, you, are, you would consider going off of Prozac. Does oh, depression yeah. run in your family? Mom does it. I don't, I don't have it. Daddy, Daddy thinks he has it. Not really. Not to mm. the point you're thinking. But both of my daughters struggle, different ways. Lily had it in a, a very different way. And um, my great, I mean, my grandmother had issues. Again, mm. I don't know what they are because I'm adopted and I know mm-hmm. that they existed. I want to say like, um, but I'm not sure what. Maybe bipolar. I'm not sure. Yeah. We tested her for everything because that was a fear because yeah. bipolar being put on different medication is very dangerous. Right. So, and Lily, could you imagine a world where you decided to not do any uh, medication at all? Is that Was that an option? But we no. tried for two years, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. It took major convincing to get my mom to put me on medication. Why? why did, you had an aversion to it? I mean, because I she did. did. Oh. I was scared of it because she was scared of it. So I wasn't scared of it. I just, I know the outcome and I know the side effects and I know... You know, it's something that messes with your brain. So I really don't want you to be on it forever. So I tried everything natural. Handful of cashews a day. Vitamin B um, B complex. I tried 5-HTP. And the, the cashews would be orally? 
Only orally, uh-huh. correct. She doesn't like the anal. Okay. I tried. No, I just um, wonder. Oh. I don't have children. Yes, it's, oh. everything's oral. We're, we're I teasing. I hate that joke so much. I'm sorry, we're teasing. It's okay. Does it make you uncomfortable? Not, only a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Well, I, 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 it's not, a little bit. Being uncomfortable is not bad. <laughs> so I would tried everything natural in my abilities before I said, okay. You know, um, we had a guest on here years ago. Quinn Cummings was on here. And Quinn Cummings has a child and when she told the story of raising her child she said um you know when my kid would be at the playground two years old whatever uh fall down and scrape her knee or something the kid would look up to the mother to see her reaction Mm -hmm. and her mother would go well okay and so the kid would go okay uh, but Michelle, and I'll never forget this, Michelle said, well, when my kids would fall down and scrape their knees, I they would look up at me and I would go, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and so the kid, your kid, the, yeah. her children would go, oh, my, would just emulate what the mother right. would do. How much of, do you, of your reaction to the world has been something you learned from your mother? Don't look at her when you answer. Okay. And Michelle, do okay. not speak up. I will not. How much of what y- you know about the world? comes from your mother and how much of it do you think is just innately yourself don't look at her when you answer this has just been a really big issue lately too because i'm going off to college and it it, it's just don't leave me don't don't let her speak don't (laughs) let her speak it's it's come up so much more often like when i'm talking to my therapist i still go see a therapist every week um talking to her about this sort of stuff and it's just, uh, I have so many different thoughts on it. I, I it's okay. hard to like. It's okay if you could, if, if you want to say, all of my problems come from my mother. So it's a safe that. space. You could say that. Yeah. Or you could say, oh, maybe 40, 60, maybe 10, 90. Look, I'm doing math. I'm very proud of you. And, um, uh, you know. See, I could see, I can feel, I could see you calculating <laughs> in your brain right now, Lily, right now. Mm-hmm. This is not a trap. This is not an Inquisition. <laughs> this is not the Spanish Inquisition. This is not the Puerto Rican Inquisition. Nope. This ain't the German Inquisition. None. No, no, there okay. ain't no Inquisition here. It's a safe space. Mm-hmm. How much, you're 18, you've got some, you've had some time to, to think about this and feel it in your, in your loins. Right. Uh, how much of it is... What's the term? Um, style over fun- function over. How much of it no is? No idea. N- nurture, nurture, n- nature and nurture. How much of it is nature? How much of it is nurture? Are you impressed with m- my terminology here? I mean, it, it's a good concept. I don't think it really. Maybe it doesn't know. fit the situation. You don't have I, to know the answer. <laughs> you know, I, it's just a theory, though. Right. Because what I'm saying is, did you get your anxiety about going and doing track from? Watching your mother's anxiety, who she's already fessed up to being anxious about. I things. mean, yeah, I learned everything from my mom, and it's. I think I want to say it was like tenth grade about that. I like when I turned sixteen that I would start to question the things that my parent would do, and not just my parents, but like all kinds of authority. You could thank one of my teachers for that. Is that a Bud is that a B. good thing? <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? The the teacher. Uh, the oh, knowledge. He's, he's a good dude. Great okay. Relationship. All right. You know, the thing is with teachers, and I'm going to interject here and then you can continue <laughs> on. The thing is with teachers is uh, another initiative that we're trying to make happen in their school is teachers. Oh, don't get me started on I know. Teachers reform. aren't equipped 
with how to deal with children with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, et cetera. I know it's way out of their wheelhouse. It's not part of their thing. Right. But they're not even equipped to deal with it when it happens. I know. So when things would happen with Lily and she'd have a meltdown, I don't know how else to say it without being offensive. I'm not trying. Yeah, yeah. A break? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. A moment? A no. Like when you'd I, A moment. Yeah, a moment. You know, when she'd have to leave. Like they didn't know what to do. Like, But there were two or three throughout her entire school year, going back to elementary. We could have seen this coming because she's a super gifted, brilliant, high IQ kid. Oh, stop. An indigo child. You know, Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. there's a lot to it. And teaching gifted children, truly gifted children, is not what it sounds like. There's a lot of emotional issues that come along with it. So you're saying there were about six teachers who could? Maybe two or three in her entire schooling up to this point, pre-college, that have been... Instrumental. I'd say like more like six if we go you back do? to elementary school. Yeah, I see one in elementary school. I see two. Mrs. Zangen. Tatum. Oh, Mrs. Tatum too, yeah. but not as much. Though. Not as much. So maybe four. Yeah. See, yeah, as, as you're painting this picture, I'm imagining, especially in 2018, 2019, when this is happening, that all the kids in school, either there's like either a corn syrup allergy, a peanut allergy. Yes. I'm anxious about this. I've yes. got ADHD. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a Republican teacher. I need God to go forbid. to the bathroom. Um, you know, I would think the way I don't have kids, but what I hear from what's happening in schools is that how could a teacher be equipped to deal with all of these special needs? That because every kid now is a special need. That is fair enough, but and I agree, it's mm. out of control. EpiPen for this, da, da, da. but. What they need to know is just the sensitivity training. That's she all. She got too much sensitivity on things. Th- it, she does, uh-huh. and so does Lola. But at the end of the day, the teachers don't. They don't give a shit. They're marching through their jobs, and it's not. It's an. It's listen, a hard job. Hard they don't get paid a lot. Yeah. They are unsung heroes, not unlike nurses. And I get it. Yeah. But there should be a sensitivity training that teaches them what to do if a kid. If you have a kid who's suicidal, you can't just ignore it. You can't. There has to be a way to know. I mean, they're legally mandated reporters, so they actually can't. Sure, yeah. A, a student confesses they can't ignore it. Yeah, yeah, law. exactly. That's true. That is Correct, true. Correct, but your teachers didn't know what the fuck to do. Exactly. Your coaches certainly didn't. So, so, oh, so Lily, now, when, when these things in class in, in the 21st century... Are all the kids somehow have a special need or even faking a special need in your class? Are they all? It's like, oh, um, I've got ADHD. Oh, I've got an ADHD disorder. Oh, um, I'm, um, I, I like toes and fingers. <laughs> Not like out loud. If you, if something like that happens, it you, you, you tell it to the teacher, and it's mostly to like get out of assignment. It's not to get attention in class. It's to like. But in your in your class, percentage uh-huh. wise, what percentage of the kids had a peanut allergy, corn syrup. Oh, I have to take my um, my um, anal um, uh, something now. Teach suppository. It's a suppository, right. please. Um, excuse me from the class. What percentage of the of, the, of your class? Is it happening a lot? I mean, I'm guessing it happens a lot. I, I, it's kind of. I guess it's just like normal for. I don't me know what now. normal is. I, uh, what? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to get an idea. Of right. What in my, you know, read the paper. You get, you, I get the sense that all kids feel like there's. I have a. I need to be excused from class because of something. So like entitlement or like special snowflake syndrome is that what we're like? Yeah, sorta? and due to health because of a psychological or a physical health right. issue that they have something. You know, I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm gonna, confused. I'm like, do people just like can't control if they have like a pe- peanut allergy no, i don't know control, but it, it might okay let me just say okay. when i was going to school ain't nobody had a peanut allergy mm-hmm. ain't nobody had a, 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 at worst someone had an asthma 
something or an inhaler. Right, right. But nobody had ADHD or mm-hmm. anything well, like that, that. Well, we did. It just wasn't we diagnosed. Did. It wasn't diagnosed. But God, we, I could they, talk for just, hours about Ken Robinson and how his like his theories on ADHD. and uh, it's, it's more of like a recent development just because now we're realizing like, oh, maybe there is. No, I think it's real. I just think it's overdiagnosed. But it's absolutely real. But we can change that through food. I'm not even going to get oh into gosh. that. That's a Let's not get topic. into the food oh, and no. the vegan <laughs> bullshit. No, not the vegan <laughs> bullshit. I don't want to hear anything There's about organic sensitivities. Mm. Yeah. It is organics yeah. and peanuts and legumes. Yeah. Not going to go there. Let's yeah. go back to <laughs> suicide. All right. So. All right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> but you, you just called her out on a suicide. So when you were having suicidal thoughts, uh, Lily, mm-hmm. what? Notice I have not called you Lola once. I'm so, I'm so proud of so you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody, I walked in already, and somebody at the office was like, "You and your sister Lily," and I was like, "All right, uh-huh. that's fine." Yeah, uh, that's Lily. fine. So, listen, a lot of kids at school, you know, first of all, when you're at that age, there are hormones going on. You don't know what do I like? Do people like me? There's all this stuff. It's a tumultuous, uh, use the word right, yeah, situation, yes. right? With sexual preference a conflict for you ever what do you mean meaning i know that you identify Rose, go, you just went left field with well, that meaning, yeah, well, you certainly did let me tell you why i was about to go somewhere but <laughs> and she's I'm going, not, I'm going just for one second and then we'll add back on okay. to you because you're All saying right. what do i like do i even fit in do yeah. blah, blah, blah. was that ever part of the equation of not knowing who you like sexually i never thought like it was part of your issue you mean the depression and feelings right. having suicidal thoughts no, i didn't was, think so no. yeah okay. no all right back to you just thoughts. so what was it you just felt you didn't fit in just plain and simple is that what it is tell you tell me i don't want to like put words in your being mouth suicidal yeah your suicidal um storyline there it's not it wasn't ever like a everybody hates me sort of thing or like I don't fit in. It was more like it was just I was better if I died. I yeah. just, the world sucks in more yeah. of like a general and you'd huge right. sort of overwhelming, and, and less of like a specific. This person right. hates me because I'm weird. Because I, I even then I never mind. I didn't ever mind being weird because like there's being weird is just what changes stuff. Like yeah, being I don't know. I feel I could go on for a while also about being weird and being normal and blah blah blah, but. Yeah, it was just... How close did you come to committing suicide? Um, I feel like... Hi, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at your mom. Right, look at me. Right. Look at me. Look at Moy. I, I feel like I've told this to her, too, but I honestly feel like... Am I allowed to swear? Yes. Okay. Uh, we I, insist on it. All right. <laughs> I even... I like the worst times. I feel like I was still a pussy. Like, I, I wouldn't ever have actually done anything. Thank you, God. I mm-hmm. feel like the closest... Uh, well, fun fact, at least according to the internet, you can't actually overdose on Prozac. Like, mm-hmm. you can't kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, <laughs> that takes that out of the mm-hmm. equation. Um, I wouldn't believe that. Mm. I mean, you go to the hospital, but I think, like, technically, there's something, like, you just can't. You fuck your brain up, I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. But you, you consider, just can't die. How, many, how, many, um, how often do you consider suicide? It's weird because it, come, it came in, like, different intensities because some days would be like man i would just be better if i was dead and then other times less frequently it would be Mm. more like i actively crave death Mm -hmm. sort of thing Mm -hmm. um i think there were like maybe 10 oh okay i don't know how to distinguish that give me a second there so there were 10 like serious situations where i would like I don't know if I want, how graphic I want to get. You can get graphic. We want to know. We're okay. trying to help people. There were like <laughs> there were like ten, maybe like ten times where I'd I'd 
I don't know, like I'd look out a window or something and I'd be like, this is it, I'm going to do yeah, it. And then I'd yeah. just lie on the ground and cry. Or I'd like yeah. go into my dad's closet, find a belt, look at the balcony and be like, all right. Were you trying right. to affect, send a message to your parents? No, because I haven't told my mom that until just now. Yeah. Wait. And so how often was it a cry for help and how often was it just, I don't know what else to do? I mean... Yes, maybe a little Cry for help? of both, maybe both, because I wasn't thinking it at the time. I don't. Uh. Don't look at your mother. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm trying no. to find the words. Yeah. Because I, I guess it sort of was a cry for help, but it just very much didn't feel like it. Yeah. What? Because I, wa- I wanted to be helped, but there was just no other. Like I, I didn't know how to go out of my way to ask and because it's like I'd, I'd already i was in therapy and it wasn't working i was like well nothing's gonna work yeah your mother's reaction to it don't look at your mother okay your mother's reaction to it in hindsight was it helpful her reaction to her reaction to f- knowing that you were suicidal i mean it wasn't it didn't hurt me in any way i don't no. think it i don't think it helped i don't think anything like could have helped. I think I wanted somebody to be more like coddling and lovey-dovey and just like... And your mother's not? Well, she is. Like, she, uh, we'll like hold hands in public. We kiss and hug all the time. Yeah. But it's weird because I'd want very specific things that I couldn't articulate. And you can't expect somebody to do whatever you want to you 100% of the time. I'd be like, I want her to hug me for this long. I want her to like do x y and z for and that's just not realistic now now i know that you can't expect somebody to do that for mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. because people are independent thinkers and you can't like tell them you can say i want a hug but you can't tell them how to hug you sort of thing yeah yeah and that was more like what i wanted i wanted something very specific and she just was herself right and that's not that's not ever a bad thing it's just not a hundred percent what i wanted and i feel like even if i had gone at exactly what i wanted it wouldn't helped all right fast forward 12 years from now you're a oh, mother i was like you're 12 years you're a mother and you have I'm a, a mother. you have look at me children. look at my look i don't want my. children you have a 13 year old oh, who no. is behaves exactly like take the, the 12 years out of you, it don't I mean, the, don't listen to ruse math i'm not is, is it, <laughs> she's 18 right i would have yeah, had, had a kid years, last year 13 year old i mean she would have had a kid okay year ago. yeah okay yeah all right so um <laughs> 20-something years oh, later, right and you've okay. got a kid right. who's 13 mm-hmm. um, and it, behaving exactly the way you've behaved, mm-hmm. uh, what do you say to that kid? I just would have took her, him, them, whatever, to take help, to get help sooner. Sooner than what you got it? Yeah. Don't speak. Don't speak, Michelle. Sooner than what you got it. Yeah. When do you think, how how old do you think you should have been before you were seen a specialist? I mean, I went to therapy and, and all that. And I feel yeah. like that definitely helped. And I would have been, who knows what would have happened, what would have happened if but I had But now you're 40 and you've got a 13-year-old. What? Um, um, I would have, go to therapy right away. And if, I mean, I'm just much quicker with my, with my like, medication hand than my mom is. And that's uh-huh. just a... a difference in preference for that yeah. sort of thing yeah. so i would have 
probably gone to the therapist and been like right away like you mean a psychiatrist yeah well i mean go to the therapist first and be like do you think i should see a psychiatrist you think how early do you think you should have been she was in therapy the whole time i know michelle mom 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 let her speak okay i'm not i'm not you did good okay i'm never trying to say that's what i that's what i'm trying not to i'm going to avoid this right i know because she's michelle said she never did michelle said we're going to bring lillian she's going to be fine she's not going to and i i wanted to make sure mom didn't say oh no i did a good job I'm not about doing a good job because you don't know what a good job is. Yeah, yeah. I don't my know mom if I never fucked her up. Right. I don't know. You never. But know. I know that you she never was in like therapy. smacked me or pooped on me or anything bad like that you know of. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> hey Michelle, let's take a quick break. So Michelle, say I have a company okay. and I'm looking for employees. What's the best way for me to find qualified employees to work? For my company now, taking my taking my, I don't have a lot of time to screen these people. I, I don't have a lot of time to do that. So glad you asked me. Yeah, because I have the answer. Okay. for Okay, what is it? Simply put, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. It is that easy. They send your job to over one hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there, Rue. With their powerful matching technology, it's a new thing. It's they're like Star Trek. Of, oh, it's like Star Wars and all that technology. Yes. yes. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. So you're looking for 20 people to work for your company. Yes, and 20 you put qualified Qualified people. people, and you put out, this person needs to juggle. Yeah. This person needs to do a DP scene. Yes, or, or needs, not. This person, <laughs> this person needs to take to, orders. Yes, or learn how to do a death drop. And Co- yes. DPC means director of photography, by Duh, the way. Duh, yes. obviously. Yeah. Well, then what they do is they scour the internet and they find the best resumes with the best match and they say, you need to apply for this job. Yeah. We call Andre Charles uh-huh. because they, she has a job for you. And as <laughs> applications come in, they analyze, they at ZipRecruiter analyze each one and they spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a great match. Mm. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Wow. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. You got to have a J-O-B if, if you, you want to be, be with me. me. And right now, What's the Tea listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Ooh. That's right. We said free, that F word. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-U. One more time, one more time again. <laughs> Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. Get those people you want working for you today. You know, Michelle, I shave my head every day and I will shave my body when I want to become a lady. Oh, is that your secret? Yeah, my chest, everything. And that's why Harry's is so important. For people like me who shave all the time, you got to have the good blades. You got to have everything it takes to keep it smooth and ready yeah. to play. Even when I shave my bits and my parts. Your bits and pieces. Yeah, my bits and pieces down there. Uh-huh. You know when it's time to get a new blade. Because <laughs> I'm limping when oh I get out of the shower. But seriously, for real, it, the only way to get that real shiny smooth yeah. is to have those good blades, That's just right. like you said. That's it. right. That's why Harry's is such a great opportunity. Enter our friends at Harry's. Harry's. They stand behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors is an easy decision. You know, isn't an easy decision. It's not. Because when people like 
like something, they stick with stick it. Stick with it. So they created a trial offer claim by going to harrys.com slash Rue. Now, their founders, this is how it happened, you guys, because Harry's was new to me. Obviously, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. We shave certain different parts okay. than the man's yeah. shave. Yeah. Not every day in our face and our head and stuff like that. Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for the expensive razors with the unnecessary features. I have one right now that I use on my legs that buzzes. Oh, I don't need it to buzz. I no buzz. I don't ever use the buzz. Uh-uh. Well, not for shaving. Uh. <laughs> they knew a great shave comes down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts. That's why they bought an entire factory, and that's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world for over 95 years. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. Long-ass time for blades. They've been selling directly to you over the internet. Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand, just $2 a blade versus $4 a blade. Wow. Or more. That's great. There's a quality guaranteed with with Harry's. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. Now, here's the trial offer that we're doing here. Get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. We're talking about a weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and travel blade cover. That is unbelievable. Now, listeners of What's a Tea can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash rue. Make sure you go to harrys, just the name, harrys.com slash ru to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you. I'm telling you, you're going to love that Harry's. That's right. All right, we are back from our break. How early do you think you should have started medication? Um, At least, uh, I would have preferred... Because it was like two years of extended misery and depression. Yeah. Maybe like after a year, that would have been enough. Right? Is that what were you saying? Did you could you articulate that you wanted to go on medication? No, I didn't. You I didn't, didn't know. know because everything. I didn't changed. know it fixed it. Everything it, every, and it did fix it, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, it 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 sorted out your levels of mm-hmm. things, and and so you're an advocate for it. Are there other ones that you considered other? Because uh, it's Prozac. There's a lot. We just got lucky, but with because Prozac was the first one that we tried, and then mm. we messed around with the dose for a bit, and it just ended up being a really good fit. So I actually haven't tried anything else. Are you friends with a lot of kids, other kids who are on Prozac? Yes, I have Is a friend like- who's on like. 50 milligrams and I only take 10. You're on 10. Yeah. And you have a friend who's on 50. Yep. And so, uh, I think, I think that's it. And you guys, and you guys talk on the phone and text all the time. Um, not really. She's actually a girl who I only kind of know in passing. There's just, I just know so many kids who take drugs for this and that, but it's, it's always like, I'm depressed. I have really bad anxiety. Like also have a friend who, just, <laughs> I just completely blanked out for there for a second. I was just going to say she you throws a fr- up a lot. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying you have a friend who's a kleptomaniac and oh. who um, uh, is uh, into cross-dressing. That's but true. can I yeah. bring up a thought, too? A thout? A thout okay. that you espoused? Espoused uh-huh. a thout. Right um, recently? Espoused, yeah. Uh, when we went to go see Dear Evan Hansen and mm-hmm. you... Uh, Cried at the end because yeah. I don't want kids Well, Rue and I have gone to this together and we've experienced it together and then I took Lily to see it and you know in the middle of it she was like I feel like this is like a Tumblr version of of um of, ch- of depression yeah. you know mm. and you know and I said well they have to really it's about suicide and it's about you know many storylines but at the end when the mother sings I can I can cry just thinking yeah. about that song when she sings to him about always being, ugh, I can't uh, even talk about it. That's can, so, stop, I'm going to cry, stop. No. It gets me every time just because 
we want to be the world for you. We want to yeah. take the pain, and there's nothing that you can do. Stop. It's true. Yeah, Stop. yeah, yeah. And we What's laugh. the name of the song? Um, so big, so small. I think so big, so small. Oh, and yeah. she's amazing. Oh my God. Um, uh, t- was she still in the Rachel cast Bay, when you saw it? Go- yeah. Same girl. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Unreal. Um, no, of course a parent wait, wants to do yes, that. Yes, of course. So the song's about that, and that's a single mom on top of it, and she sees her kid being taken by this family. And then we leave, and Lily was really affected by it. And uh, at the end, especially that that song, because you come out of me, uh, you were born to me, I am. you're entrusting your life to me to raise you, and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then to see your kid go through that and the pain, mm-hmm. you want to take all the pain yeah. from your baby. Yeah. You would do anything, you know? Yeah. And then she comes out in tears and I'm like, thank God you have some emotion left and mm-hmm. <laughs> Prozac didn't take it all away. And I said, what a- affected you? And it wasn't that song really. That's when she started sobbing. But mm. it was really about the th- the thing that bothered her was just saying that everybody matters and you will be found. And she felt, Oh yeah. she said to me, there was a bunch of things. Yeah, that but you were like, the, the biggest was... one was, she was like, but I don't matter. In the big scheme of life, mm-hmm. I don't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's from like a, a not it's a philis- sad boy No, I know. Yeah. It's just Philosophy. like a, yeah. I, it's just nothing. Because nothing. before you felt that you did matter and no one was paying attention to you. Is that what I'm getting? Is that Maybe. It's just like, it, it boils down to the whole special snowflake thing and yeah. I hate that phrase and right. I hate when people just throw it around but sure. like I don't know it's realizing that most people aren't special because that's not what being special is well no you you bring up a perfect point because there of course yes we are all special because we are an extension of the power of the creative universe I, I, I like I'm on both sides of the absolutely spectrum. yeah and the, both sides of the spectrum like, is exactly right right but polar opposites are the exact that's the right answer mm-hmm. because the ego wants to think that it is so special and everybody needs to pay attention to me hello I have a question you know <laughs> that's the ego but the um, the spirit and the ego are not of the same thing. So the spirit, yes, the spirit is special. The ego, not so special because it wants to be recognized for bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. because, oh, look, I'm so pretty or whatever. Right. So um, you coming to the uh, realization that your ego is not special is, a, is the next level, the next ring on the consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's brilliant. And you got that from uh, Dear Evan Hansen. She got that from a teacher. You were yeah. saying, yeah. It, what teacher? Her Busby, her, yeah. one of her favorite teachers. I think it was just at one point in the middle of a lecture. He was like, you guys, you know you aren't special, right? And I, <laughs> I zoned out for a minute. I was like, all right. <laughs> well, Came back to attention. I was like, that is an important lesson. And that's another reason, if kids are out there grappling with these emotions, another reason to hang on because there are different levels of consciousness that, you, uh, that become uh, present that present themselves to you as you go along. That's where you got to hang in there. Mm. You got to hang in there and for the blessing to happen to you. Because early at 13, what's what's happening is there are chemicals in your body, oh, all yes. kinds of things that are happening that you don't know what to do with. So you got to hang in there until everything settles in. Right. And uh, you can allow the blessing to come through. And I think that this revelation you had after Dear Evan Hansen, or after bullies, what's his name? <laughs> B- Bulla. A oh, Busby. Busby's yeah, after brilliant. his his comment. I think that's an important. So reluctant to be like, 
Mr. Busby. I don't know. You're giving him props. He's one of your favorite teachers ever. And he was a big person in helping you through this. True. Honestly. I just feel weird, like, name dropping. No, he deserves it. There's so many shit teachers who don't give a shit about kids. And the great ones. I will name drop all of the shit teachers. But the great ones should be recognized. And he is an amazing teacher who cares about his Mm -hmm. kids, cares about his students in a non-creepy way. And it's so weird. (laughs) So weird because, like, most people are on. It's really polar opposites with him because some people just hate him because he's deep and you're deep what and does he teach what's history history it's, yeah oh, great it's, it's ap euro he's right? he, yeah what's ap advanced advanced placement european history she's a brilliant what? kid to the point where exactly <laughs> class that you and i would never have been <laughs> I don't in know what that is. she the problem with her too is she's Way, and it's not just because she's my kid because she's smarter than me. She's way more evolved. Which is a, a curse and a blessing. Correct. Yeah. Which is goes back to parenting and teaching a gifted kid because yeah. it's different. I don't think the way... I told you at the age of maybe seven or eight, we laid in bed and she was sobbing to me one night, again <laughs> crying, yeah. saying, I don't know why I'm here. And I literally went, uh-oh, fuck. How do I handle <laughs> this? Do you want a Bible? Do you want a Koran? Do you want a You should have told her, you're here to iron my clothes. Well, I said, you're here to to be a kid. I should have said that if Mm -hmm. I owned an iron. Yeah. I said, just have fun. She's like, no, I need to know why I'm on this earth. Why did God create me? Why am I here? What's my purpose? I was like, bitch. the past. Little did you know you're a nihilist. Uh (laughs) Little did you know that nothing matters. Just have fun. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) What would you tell your eight-year-old self? Oh, I don't know. I'd just be like, praise Jesus or something. No, yeah. you wouldn't. No, no, you told You were me, never that get, kid. Get, there's the dirty dishes in there. Get to them. <laughs> yeah, that, now, I'd probably do you that. You know, um, the, my Kids friend showed me uh, a clip from uh, a Larry uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where uh, Anna Gasteyer Love. has a little g- gay son who ap- apparently looks and acts very fe- effeminate, uh-huh. right? Uh, and I, he showed me these clips of this thing, and I just loved it because I've seen some Curb Your Enthusiasm. I, I've loved every episode. I, I haven't seen every episode. Oh, he's brilliant. Anyway, this kid, the kid's name is Greg, is so effeminate. I fell in love with this kid. It made me want to have a child. Of course. Just so I could have a little gay boy who is so... But then the next level of that is thinking, if you had this kid, if I had this kid, I would love this kid so much. But at the same time, I would fear for this child and because this child is clearly smarter and more sensitive than any other kid around. So the trajectory for a young person like this is that you... You, you, eventually the kid would become very angry that the world is a hoax the, the, every the world is an illusion you the, the, the sort of levels of consciousness this kid would approach would be anger bitterness then cynicism most people get stuck in cynicism and then um you know drugs and alcohol to just numb it just like wake me when it's over because this is some bullshit but then that sounds like you that's like me and and and, and so as a parent i would fear I would fear feeling those things for my kid. But what I would then, I would just fingers crossed that my kid could make th- walk through the fire to the other side of that and hang in there long enough to get the blessing on the other side of all of this, you know, mishigas and the, the craziness. Because on the other side of the booze, the alcohol and the self-medicating is a place of joy and of laughter. I'm not taking all of this shit 
too seriously. Are you hearing that? It's not yeah, a yeah. big deal. Because you're on the other side I'm now. not mm-hmm. that important. You know what I learned through my 12-step program is that uh, there's the uh, th- something they, they call um, uh, this uniqueness. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm so unique. Well, that might work for them, but darling, um, I'm a unique case uh. over here. <laughs> you realize... I've gone into and I hear my own personal story. I hear it coming out of someone else's mouth. It's like, wait a minute, that's you. That, that's my story. You, you, and you realize, oh, you mean everybody's feeling yeah. the same? We're way? all the same. We're all the same. I thought this just happened to me. Nope. So, you know, this little kid in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I would love to have a child like that, but I would, it would kill me to know that. I wish I could tell them, okay, kid, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to happen this and this and this and this, but they have to experience for themselves. And there's a detachment that you have to do as a parent. Mm -hmm. You have to detach and let them experience it for themselves. Now, you're going off to read college. Yes, I am. You're reading. You're Mm -hmm. going to be studying what? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's okay. You don't have to know. Yeah. And so um, your parents are paying for this. Yes. And are you a what what are your fears about going off to college? What don't look at your mother when you answer me. What honestly? What's okay. the number one? What your top three? Number one. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm nervous. I'm not really scared about, about anything. Nervous about what? I mean, I think that everybody is nervous about. What are they? I'm like I'm living on my own now. It's gonna be new and different. But I feel like well equipped enough. I'm. I'm not really worried about like failing in my classes or anything because uh read it's cool liberal arts college man um they don't really tell you your grades unless you're failing so i'm not gonna worry about that i'm just gonna focus on learning a lot um and learning about yourself yeah yeah bunch of stuff i'm just i'm so excited you should be excited june pointer there (laughs) was one thing i was oh i don't remember oh Oh, 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 paying for it. That's a worry that my parents are like, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, mom, dad, I'm very much worried about it because no. I don't want you. I it, I don't want them to like have that's to a, that's a booby trap. the whole thing. And, you know, I understand. But that's a booby trap that your mind is telling you, making you worry about something that it's let just let it be. Uh, yeah, I know. Realistically, like I've I've. I know what I need to do. I've got it all figured out. And right now, I don't have to worry anything about anything till next year. Yeah. In terms you of say, pay- like, you I don't have to do anything right now. You say you got it all figured out. Well, let Uncle Rue tell you what <laughs> it's all about. You're going up there to find yourself. You're going to learn. You're going to do all the things, and you're going to do them well. All the things that is expected of you in college, you're going to do that. But what you're going to do, mm-hmm. this, you're going to find your tribe. You're going to find your people who... I'm getting choked up. <laughs> You're going to find the people who, who you're going to be friends with for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. I hope so, And man. you're going you're gonna to spread your wings and you are going to be the fucking lily that you are meant to be, that you were brought here to do. And your mother can't help you. To, she's set you mm-hmm. up to do yeah. it. She's brought you to the doorstep. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to find your tribe. Right. And these people that you meet, you're going to know them for the rest of your life. You know how long I've known this bitch over here? (laughs) You know how long I've known her forever? And we found each other, and we can talk, and we can depend on one another. And sometimes I think about, how did did it come to be that I I know Michelle, who we work so well together. Mm -hmm. We can finish each other's sentences. I love her so much. She's so so talented. She's good. 
we found each other not at Reed College. We found <laughs> it in the college of life. We went out into the world. And colleges are set up so that it's a it's a fast track to finding your tribe. Mm-hmm. Lily, you're going to be <laughs> lifted up on the wings of a white dove, girl. You're going to be lifted up. Prepare yourself for that. Yay. That's why it's so beautiful. That's why it's so good. And and so don't worry about how much it's going to cost. They're going to get the mother. Your mother's a hustler. She can always. She, that, I'm giving blowjobs in back yeah, alleys. No. Yeah, I don't, don't want to be the one doing that. It's my <laughs> education, mom. <laughs> I taught you well. <laughs> yes. No, it's it's a good thing. You know, and, and allow that for yourself. Don't, when that self-doubt comes in and think, oh, it was Mr. Grant. I can't do this. <laughs> when all that comes into your mind, no, um, thanks for sharing a voice that says that thanks for sharing but uh uncle ruth said this is my time mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah reclaiming so, my time reclaiming my time reclaiming my time are you good at making friends yeah 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 what's your go-to move <laughs> come here often no um, <laughs> <laughs> i just i walk up to strangers and i'm like hi i'm lily let me talk for five hours and yeah. then we're friends it's like they don't even I don't know. Uh, I'm just so much more outgoing than I used to be. Yeah. yeah. I, so I just Thanks, like Prozac. Ho- uh-huh. wobble over to people and I'm like, hi. You always did that though. As a kid, I, we would go to the playground and um, that's why it was so weird when she became an introvert yeah. because she was the girl two years old, three years old, walk up anywhere in the mall and go, hi, I'm Lily. Want to be your, f- uh, I'm, well, I'm going to say her name. Uh-huh. My, hi, I'm Lily Case. Lily I'm Lily, Lily, last name Case. You see <laughs> I'm Lily, last name Case. Want to be my best friend? <laughs> Literally like that. I don't even know where. I her think that's dialogue. gonna be my my go to line. I'm Lily, yeah. last name Case. Want to be your friend? I'm Lily and Case, I'd be like, last name Case. Want to be your best friend? Want to be my best friend? Yeah. So she would make friends all the time, uh. and then. When she started becoming that's self-conscious. That's very normal. It's of very course. normal. Absolutely. All of that's normal. But hopefully the point of doing this podcast today was to let the kids out there, younger, know that it is normal. It's also normal to go through what you've done, the thoughts that you had, um, it, the parents that listen, or they can bring this to their parents to know that they're not alone. Yeah. And parents, it's okay to reach out for help. Yeah. Um, in Lily's case, psychology, a therapist wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we needed medication, and maybe I waited a little bit too long for that. But no, I know everything is in due time. It's in the yeah, right time. Everything worked out. Yeah, yeah it thank absolutely God. worked out. What are you? What are your hopes and dreams for your sister Lola? Oh, I you know, because she's just only she's two years behind you, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? I mean, do you think about she's she, she's also an emotional person, but she never had the sort of the dark cloud that am I correct uh, in that? No, no. She has it, but very it's yeah, different. It's manageable, right? Um, so, t- what are your hopes for her? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say like anything that it looks. I'm, I'm very, I'm walking a very thin ice here. Are you protective of her? Yes. And, um, Very protective. Is she um, is she gullible? Uh, not c- kind of more than more than I am. I'd say I would think so. More yeah, than she I am. Se- it seems like um, you know you you are um, yeah. She she seems like a, a regular Just more girl. Trusting. Yeah, she's like a regular girl. Am I? Is that overreaching? More than I am. She's yeah. That's she's what I'm saying. Quir- she's a regular girl with a quirk. I'm a quirky girl with some regular. Stuff. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's, that's true. The that's true. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's heteronormative, kind of fit the mold. I have no idea what that means. She is your regular girl. Heteronormative. You you kids in these terminologies. You know what I mean. She's straight. 
it. Yeah. But she's this. You know, really that. You know, yeah. has her boyfriend, loves her Instagram, posts uh-huh. pictures. Do you yeah. like me? Can I get this? Can I get but that? But I also don't don't think that's what Lola. No, I don't like, think. But she fits that mold, even though that's not really what she, she did. is. Yeah. She definitely has quirks because she's funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to be looking out for you at Reed College. It's a great town. I, you know, energetically, I love Portland, Oregon. It just feels good. It feels like it's filled with a lot of smart people, Mm -hmm. urbanites who who know what's happening in the world. I got to say really quick, I had, I think, it says Portland, Oregon in my bio now because I'm like, yay, moving. And it used to say Los Angeles. And I've never had one person be like, oh, my God, you live in L.A.? Let's meet up. I've had, like, 20 people already be like, you you live in Oregon, Portland? Let's meet up. It's, so it's it's already it's very kind of different. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, keep your expectations at a manageable <laughs> level. You know? I mean, I think it's just safe to do that. Yeah. But I think it's such an, a great time for you, see, having watched you come into this world. Here you are going to start your real your real life you know it's fantastic and and be fearless be fearless think of it as a track meet that uh, oh, that you no. win every no okay. <laughs> a track meet that you win every way there's no, no losing spectators. the race there's yep. no losing the race you just have to be yourself mm. and that's your only assignment here so thank you so much for being so gracious to share your story and your relationship with your mother here it's beautiful to be able to do that and and to share it with a lot of people who are struggling with this mm-hmm. so um have fun give everybody a big kiss in portland okay. for me well it's fun to be here and talk about stuff yes <laughs> well let Thanks. the kids know they're not alone and before Hi, we go if you guys are struggling and you need a number to call a judgment free place you can call the trevor lifeline yes at 866-488-7386 you are not alone and we can all get through this together can you say the number one more time slower one 866-488-488-7386-73 what Eight six seven three eight six. That's Got the it. Trevor Lifeline. Okay, all right, that's good. And there is help out there. All right, uh, Michelle Visage, thank you so much for thank bringing you. in your firstborn. Oh, anytime, <laughs> anytime. Not anytime. I'm moving to Portland. <laughs> oh, damn well, it! I can't wait to have you back and to get a uh, next year to get a, a reading on what's happening in I'll Portland. Like, yeah, Christmas time. Yes, exactly. Great. All right, Michelle. Till next time, my dear. Okay, bye. bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Can't love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Eh?